Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860 and womentowatch.net. Uh, I'm thrilled to be back in the studio this afternoon with a very, very special guest, um, and I'll be introducing her in just a moment. Before we get started, if you're listening and you would like to join the conversation, we would love to hear from you. You can call into the show and ask a question by dialing 888 888- Three two nine thirty three zero six. That's eight 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 three two nine thirty three zero six. A quick mention also: uh, we have a wonderful survey out on our website that we would love for you to um, fill out for us as we are pitching a new TV show. And um, we're trying to gather some information and insights into what you might be most interested in. So please visit womentowatch.net and uh, just answer these four quick questions for us. It'll be a wonderful help. That's women2watch.net, N-E-T. And lastly, uh, my my latest On the Road series has just gone live. It was my interview with Kay Koplovitz, the founder of USA Networks, and you can find that sit-down that I did with Kay in New York on our uh, website as well. So, again, that's womentowatch.net. Women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And lastly, if I don't uh, tell you to follow our social media pages, my assistant Taylor is going to get very (laughs) angry with me. Um, So please do. We we have uh, three very active social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Women to Watch Media. So now I am very excited and, and thrilled to have with me in the studio today Gabriella Vaca. Gabriella is the Vice President of System Engineering at Comcast. Gabriella, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's, Happy to be here. I'm <laughs> glad to have you. We've, we've met a long time ago, it yes, seems. Yes, yes. And uh, I've been waiting for this day to, to have you in here and, and share your story. Um, so I guess one of the, the key 
pieces of your story is that you were born in Italy. And uh, you grew up in a small town in Italy between Torino and Milan, mm-hmm. uh, which you describe as, I love how you, you said this, it's really the very first gift that you ever received was right. growing up in this beautiful town. So um, tell us a little bit more about those younger years and, sure. and what it was like there. Sure. It was really uh, a wonderful gift to uh, you know, be born and raised in a beautiful country, simple and uh, very simple and loving family. And I didn't, I didn't grow up with the, you know, the uh, you know leaders, but I grew up with a family that really gave me wonderful values, which is what I bring with me and I brought with me to the states yeah. uh, 20 years ago. Uh, the my childhood was, uh, you know, very unstructured in a way. Was uh, it was uh, in this uh, beautiful small town where everybody knew each other. You know, at that time it felt very, you know, t- t- too many people were too curious about everything. Right now it feels like a community, but yeah, <laughs> how things change in life. Everyone but was watching, right? You, right? Everybody was watching. You know, anybody really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my my dad was uh, he used to sell um, and maintain uh, you know big machinery for the farmer community out there. It was really important for my early in my early childhood to see that for him business was not just business. Business was personal. Business mm-hmm. was when you you know when you know when, when you um, visit the you know the. the People in the farmer community, they offer you coffee, their wine, and you spend time with them. You get to know each other, right? So one was, a, was again, a value that I brought with me. Um, my mom used to work for a company called Olivetti, a uh, great company, very international for the time. She balanced, uh, you know, life and work, and she struggled through it. Uh, so I used to spend uh, the the week, Monday through Friday, with my grandparents, and I loved it. They had animals. So they did not have those complicated lives that my parents used to have. And uh, last but not least, my nonna was, uh, Nonna Angelina, really was the hero of my role model at the time. I mean, she was uh, this tiny woman, um, Honestly, not not high education, elementary school, but she was strong. She was clever. She raised her daughter through World War II, uh, and she really taught me those values of you need to be independent mm-hmm. and you need to learn and you need to be curious because you don't know what life is gonna is gonna bring to you. So yeah. be ready. Did right? you have siblings? I have. A, I, I do. I have a sister who, mm-hmm. by the way, is uh, here with me in uh, in Balakinwood at the moment. Oh, She's visiting me and doing an internship with uh, um, her own uh, business at Temple. So very nice. Very glad to have her. And uh, uh, you know, I learned how uh, women can really build uh, upon her value and their skills and work on on herself. Mm-hmm. And you know. When she grew up, she was insecure, and she's, you know, now she has two different jobs, a great leadership position. She's a thinker. She's a, I'm very proud of her. Oh, that's wonderful. And she was my, she, you know, it took a while to get to, to really develop a friendship, but, mm-hmm. um, because she's, she, she's a six year younger than me, oh, but okay. we are, 
best friend. Yeah, that's so nice. Sometimes but it does take a little bit it longer. It does, it life. does, especially yeah. when there is a you know an a gap in an age difference. Yeah. How old were you when you went to live with with your Nona? So it was, uh, I was, I was really, uh, it was a child. I was a child and, uh, you know, again, my mom used to work Monday to Friday and we just lived not even a mile apart. Okay. My so nonna, she was, really, she yeah, was very, babysitting yeah, she, in a way she was babysitting, but I was spending the night at her house and mm-hmm. I loved, you know, when you kind of wake up in the winter and uh, she put the warm clothes by my bed and Aww. oh my goodness it was just just wonderful memory always always surrounded by by love yeah and you know these are the gift of life this is not something that you picked right your family the you know there are so many very difficult situations in the world and knowing uh, you know appreciate it and have the sense of gratitude for what you have been uh, given is, is, you know, is really important mm. for all of us. Well, grandparents have a very special way of, you know, loving unconditionally. Yeah, right? they You go back do. to your parents and it's more about the, yes. the do's and don'ts. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely. wonderful. So what made you decide to leave Italy? Italy is a place that, you know, everybody, everybody kind of dreams about. I and know. it's such a wonderful and beautiful country. So what made you decide to come to the United So States? I, uh, you know, uh, a couple of things, really. One was uh, I have a degree in uh, computer engineering, so I started in a technical field. And uh, um, I, I had a couple of, couple of different jobs in Italy, but I, I came quickly to the realization that was was going to be very difficult for a woman to have uh, both a life and a family and a career. And uh, I always struggle with this, with this concept of, you know, with this balance between the two. And uh, my first job was actually in a data center with uh, 500 men. Wow. And there was me and another woman and uh, the executive assistant of the big boss, right? So as you can imagine, my introduction into technology was kind of rough, but, but – you know, I developed uh, obviously competence, relationship. You know, I, I gained the respect for all the people I worked with, but it it was clear to me that I couldn't have the balance that I needed. And I met my husband, a wonderful man who really value you know exploration in you know different different culture, and uh, autonomy, and really believed in uh, women as well as men to you know do whatever they could do to feel their potential. I call mm-hmm. them. Yes. So we decided to get out of, uh, um, to be open to opportunities, right? because you never know what's going to happen in life, but you try to build uh, some uh, some point some awareness uh, some foundation so that eventually when the opportunity comes comes up you are ready to take it yeah. and the opportunity came when i moved to milan and i work with uh, people um, from a company in california and uh, we developed a great relationship uh, they knew obviously they they were bullish about my competence but they also liked uh, the way I was open to different cultures. So I was the perfect fit when Pacific Bell, a long time ago, you know, they built their first uh, uh, cellular, you know, digital network, and they needed specific expertise from uh, from Europe. Okay. 
So I was hired and I was ready to take uh, the opportunity. And my husband really was the one who made what we call the last mile decision, meaning, you know, when you are, when you know that is the right thing to do, but you say, oh, but I'm so push. tied, yeah. so oh. tied to my family, my mm-hmm. friends. And, and, uh, and it was, no, we are going to go for the adventure and, and we're going to learn. It's going to be intense. It's going to be maybe difficult. And then we can always come back. But then I fell in love with uh, with with um, the culture, with the opportunities, and and I had to change so many things in my in my own life and how I was approaching risk and many other many other things that that really made the experience uh, so meaningful and so beautiful that I again lucky that I had. Uh, I'm both Italian and American, and I have the best of two wonderful cultures. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because if we go back for a, a moment, your interests were in philosophy and psychology. Yes. That's really what you you know, you know were yes. exploring. Um, how did you end up studying technology? Yes. So at the uh, high school, high school was a wonderful experience. Was uh, you know was a, a pl- public school in in Italy. And uh, um, my interests were really were concept, right? I love philosophy. I love the history. I love uh, um, even uh, what I loved about uh, mathematics and uh, uh, you know science was the concept behind behind them. And so you would think that I would have gone into, I would have studied for some. You know, human, you know, humanist type of uh, type of subject, and that's exactly what I want to do. I want to study psychology and become a social worker. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then my mom, who knew me very, very well, she told me, she, you know, we talked and said, you know, Gabriella, I understand why you want to do it, but with all respect, you cannot even manage your own psychology <laughs> right now. <laughs> And so, of course, I was a mom, you know, whatever. What do you want to do? Um, But the reality is that she knew me so well, and I'm highly empathic. And it took me a while to transform empathy into emotional intelligence. Mm. So I would have have absorbed the the pain of the world, and I would have made my life miserable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she didn't want that for her daughter. So the decision to get into technology was well. I was okay, I was pretty good with uh, with science and, and math, but I realized the opportunities of technologies in uh, every domain and in the communities. I, you know, um, it was funny that during high school I realized how important was the microwave for women at that time yeah. because it really saved time, right? Yeah. Or the how you know science and birth control was helping women really uh, having uh, having children when they decided and not just when they could happen. Um, I, so technology for me was I got in, I got closer to technology because almost the intrinsic motivation of what technology can do for people mm. more than falling in love with coding or yes. the you know the electronics of computers right mm-hmm. for me that was was important um, and then. Um, you know, when you when you study technology and you realize how computer can really be become uh, uh, enablement for anything, 
you know, any any new business. I could go in uh, healthcare. I could go in uh, business, in automation, supply chain, whatever. The world, the, you know, the, the sky was the limit. That's right. At that point. That's right. That's what I loved about technology, and and that's still um, you know something that is staying with me even now. Technology is more than uh, delivering code or software in a production environment. I look at technology as what can technology do for uh, a business or people. I look at the value. Yes, right? that's so interesting because what you were doing was you, you were looking for a way to help others. I so, was. Yeah, and your mom saw that you uh, having empathy is so critical to, to being – um, a psychologist, mm-hmm. or you know, to, to study those types of subjects, but she knew it would, how it would affect you. Yes, right. That was yes. so intuitive. She knew me very, very well. Yeah, um, but you're right. So tech, you were taking technology as as a way to still continue to help others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I wrote a quote that I thought was very interesting. You said I needed time to explore, sharpen concepts in my mind, develop awareness around my character. And beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about, I often will ask my guests, what you know, what were your aspirations and challenges as a young woman? And and what you're saying is very openly, it, you know, it's it's been a journey. It's, yeah. it's taken me my lifetime to kind of develop and and um, shape my beliefs. Tell me a little bit about that. Do you think that all of us go on that journey, or do you think some people are born with an innate um, awareness of their not sure some some uh, some people can recognize their skills and aspiration what they like to do pretty early in life okay. i mean i'm surprised sometimes when i talk with uh you know maybe high school students or even or or in general young uh, young adults and they know exactly what they're going to do in their life and on one hand, I love it because, wow, it's good to have a clear objective, right? In the other, in the, in the, on the other side, I'm thinking, well, will you, will you let yourself explore? Will you, let, uh, uh, will you be open to opportunities when they come your way? Mm-hmm. For me, it was, uh, it was a journey. It's always been a journey of uh, learning and uh, researching and understanding how could I be relevant and meaningful to me and to others. This is really the only aspiration I had, in quote, when I was, uh, when I was growing up. I did not know if I wanted to be, you know, whatever, a doctor, a teacher, or, you know, whatever I wanted to do. But I knew that uh, I was good at uh, um, making, feel, making people feel good about themselves. I knew that... Uh, uh, um, you know, I, I, I always, I've always been a connector of people and thoughts, and I wanted to have a purpose somehow. It took me a long time to understand what was that purpose. Even when I got in technology my first few years, uh, I didn't recognize, you know, I was doing my job, and I mm-hmm. always did my job very well as, at, at my best. But then later in life, much later in life, and honestly, when I stabilized what I called my, you know, work and life and my family situation, because when the kids were just born, uh, you know, everything seems to be so, 
oh my goodness, scary. you know, scary, <laughs> yes, a bit. Hard, a bit. Scary. Yeah. But then I, I realized that my relevance is not only in doing my job and do it well, but is also in creating a community, giving back to the community, is disclosing what are my values because that's important in any type of organization you work with, mm-hmm. right? My mm-hmm. creativity is very important. So I had a, I needed time to explore. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and you know engineering is kind of and I think it is black and white. Right? It tends to be black and white. Yeah. So here you're studying this very black and white subject. Yeah. But yet you are someone who is curious and open and exploring, right? And yeah. wanting to learn new things. Yeah. So how did you balance the two of those interests? I um, in two ways. Really, one was uh, this. I was always uh, thirsty for again concept and framing and uh, uh, packaging my knowledge in a way that made sense to me. Okay, so this was by reading, by you know, an MBA, taking an MBA with, I mean, which is which is challenging when you don't really master the language. Mm-hmm. But I kind that of was another right, a right. Whole other thing you yes, had to yes, yes. Uh, so that's that's and, and also surrounding myself with uh, friends and, and and people I could talk about these uh, this concept. Um, but the second one was and this is really in the past uh, in the past few years was uh, to learn to put the skill at the service of the organization, not you know don't hide your talent. Right? Mm. I I I felt that only. Probably a few years ago, I, I, I got to the point where I recognized that, uh, you know, framing and organizing thoughts and making sure that people align with purposes, uh, the value of change management when you, when, you ma- when you are a leader for organization are very, very important skills that a leader needs to have. Um, and uh, I'm very comfortable with, uh, with those type of skills now, but you have to accept that uh, you are playing a gray area. Mm. And you are not going to be right all the time. And uh, you can, as good as, you know, you'll do your best. And then you need to trust that people understand that, that doing your best is, is probably okay, even though even it's not in reaching the 100% target that you would like for you. Yes, yes. Um, um, yeah. if, if you're just tuning in, my um, guest this afternoon is Gabriella Vaca, and she's the vice president of system engineering at Comcast. And something that, that we spoke about at before we started the show, was this balance between fitting in and leaning in. Uh, I think most people today know Sheryl Sandberg's yes. book, Lean In. And yep. it can be a hot topic, right, Indeed. among women. And so tell me your views on on that and, and how much we should be focusing on leaning in and how much we should be focused on. Yeah. So values. I had uh, uh, my first, uh, uh, really, 20 years, uh, in, in Italy, in France, where I worked, uh, and then in the, in the States, you know, the first 20 years of professional life, I spent a lot of time trying to fit in. Fit in meaning um, you understand the dynamic of the organization, you understand that a lot of the organization, at least in technology, they are more male-oriented. And, and so I spent a lot of time fitting in. Right? And then um, four years ago, three, and a half, three years ago, Something happened in my life. I I lost my mom, which is uh, you know a pain that a lot of a lot of uh, people is natural, right? A lot of people go through that uh, through that pain, but it really woke me up to the fact that uh, 
You know what? You are, you have, you are a person of value, beliefs. You have a, a different way, for example, of looking at technology to relate, and related to people. Why are you not using your skills? Mm. Life comes and goes, and you don't want to waste it. And, and so I really started to um, lean in much more than what I did for my first uh, 20, 25 years of work, right? And, and, that, and I realized that this lean in and fit in, in, a, in a, when you lean in, you take risk. You, um, you, there is, it's a lot of work. You have to put a lot of energy when you want to change some type of situations or, you know, leadership-wise, new projects. And uh, it was really like the yin and the yang, the lean in and the fit in. It's something that you need to have both. You need to balance them. Sometimes you're, because of your, where you are in your life, you don't really don't have the energy to lean in much. Mm. Okay, that's fine, right? You're going to try to fit in and trust the community you're working with. And, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're going to let them lead you in a way. When you have, when you are high energy, and uh, you know you you have you really have something to put at the table on the table and play with, then that's your time to don't waste your talent yeah. and lean in. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's such great advice that, or a, a good a reminder that we're not always in life at our highest energy. We don't. You know, if you're a young mother, right, with small oh, children and goodness. babies at home, uh, you're not perhaps able to fully right. lean in 100 percent. It's it's uh, that's that's exactly that was one of my learning. And in uh, um, there are ups and downs, and sometimes uh, uh, dealing with change is difficult, even when beautiful things happen to you. Like mm-hmm. I had, I had, you know, Luke and I, my husband, have two beautiful boys, 16 and 18, healthy, uh, you know, good kids. I cannot be happy. But at the beginning of our life, we did not have the community to support us. Uh, in Italy, I grew up with a with a model where you get raised by the parents, by the parents and grandparents, yes, right? Right, the community. Well, the community. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, in California, where we lived in the first uh, eight years we moved to the states. Okay. But. It was so powerful to see that, well, you know what, maybe you don't have your grandparents and your parents, but you have friends and uh, that you trust, and you kind of help each other and raise your kids. But, but the point is, uh, um, even beautiful changes in your life uh, can be difficult to, you know, to, to adjust. And, uh, and, um, and, and motherhood, and especially when you have young families, can be scary. Mm-hmm. Can be, you know, you can can be, you know, you don't feel settled. And so that's I had I both my husband and I spent a lot of time in balancing we both worked and we and we have children we had we decided to um to have uh, au pairs that for us was a wonderful choice because we like to have young energy in the house uh, helping us with the kids so we you know that was really a good a good solution for um for us but it was uh, it was interesting today yeah. my youngest turned 16 and I see this young... Happy birthday. Thank What's you. Happy birthday, Carlo. Yeah, happy birthday, Carlo. <laughs> uh, and, I see, and I see him and his brother, Matteo, um, two young men, and it's so, so hard to recognize, right, when yeah. they were little and when you were so anxious about uh, 
all uh, what could happen in their mm-hmm. life and yes. uh, and so on. So and now they're becoming adults themselves. Yeah. And yeah. But so now this is a new time for you. Yes, it right? is. Uh, as far as your career and, mm-hmm. and at, as a mother, when, when they're not that little anymore, it alleviates some of that, Absolutely. Uh, that distraction and worry. Um, would you consider yourself introverted or extroverted? <laughs> I... I was I was an extrovert, all you know until probably my I don't know twenty five thirty maybe even a little bit more in life, but I have to tell you that the, it took me a long time to really like myself <laughs> and really be comfortable with my own thoughts and and I'm, get, I'm becoming more an introvert. I'm discovering a new a new part of myself that I did not know that was there. Actually, oh. this could be. A good, uh, you know, the, what people don't tell you about aging, right? It's not just a new wrinkle in your face. It's also a new balance that you have with uh, with your soul and what you have learned and you know what makes you happy or you can balance all those different emotions in your life. Mm, paying which attention is paying to attention. who you are. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm becoming more an, uh, uh, an introvert, I guess. Well, when you say introvert... Um, are you saying you're more comfortable, Probably. Uh, maybe alone sometimes? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I and need my time. My time alone yeah. now. Sometimes I, I really I need my space, my 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 place to think, to put down thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I have so many. Always I'm a thinker, so always a lot of thoughts in my head. And a great way to put order in your thoughts is write them down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you need quiet to need, do that. You need quiet, yeah. uh, and, and so it's a good, um, um, it's a good journey mm-hmm. to discover that hey, yeah, I can be comfortable with myself. I don't need only energy, you know, the people, the energy coming from other people. I I have energy in my in my soul, and I'm and I'm comfortable with it. Do you think that women pay more attention to that than men? You know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say yes, but understanding that uh, yes, I'm generalizing, right? Because there are some uh, men who are equally, um, you know, they put equal attention to 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 those to those uh, you know emotions and thoughts. But in general, uh, women and yeah, they. They they tend to they tend to think they tend to uh, be maybe a little shy about their, their putting their talent at work, um, and uh, that's something that uh, especially young young generation really have to overcome. And we all have the responsibility to help them become more comfortable with themselves. There is no longer, you know, one thing I grew up with was the myth of this Walt Disney princess <laughs> where, you know, they were all beautiful, I'm not sure about smart, but they were all, uh, you know, happy ending. and Looking for Prince Charming. Absolutely. And the reality is you really need to come, uh, um, you need to become comfortable with your strengths and weaknesses. You need to understand there is no black and white, there are a lot of grays, and the more and the sooner, especially young women, understand the complexity of all that things and, mm-hmm. and uh, that your life is the journey to discover your, your emotion, your skills, your weaknesses, and also to obviously overcome them as much as possible and also put those, uh, those talents at the service of others, the, I think they're going to become 
much more comfortable with not only themselves but also with risk-taking mm. in, uh, in, in jobs. And yeah. at that point, again, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I love that. It's re- what you just said about, you know, life is really the journey of discovering who you yeah. are. Who you are. Um, Listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about you have a very strategic way of managing stress. So I want to talk about that. (laughs) We'll be right back. This is Kristen Hilsley, financial advisor of the Foley Hilsley Group, with a big announcement. Last fall, I hosted a women's lifestyle conference to help the women who do it all take control of their finances. Now I'm excited to announce a new partnership with Women to Watch Media to help show women how to own their financial future. We'll have newsletter articles, blog posts, announcements of live events, and a lot more, all available at womentowatch.net and our own website, foleyhillsleygroup.com. I'm thrilled about this new partnership, and I look forward to being your resource for all things financial. Stay tuned to learn more or visit our website at FoleyHillsleyGroup.com. The Foley Hillsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird and Company, member SIPC. Log on to FoleyHillsleyGroup.com to learn more. That's F-O-L-E-Y-H-I-L-L-S-L-E-Y Group.com. Or call 610-238-6636. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Women to Watch uh, on WWDB, Talk 860, and womentowatch.net. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm joined this afternoon by Gabriella Vaca. Gabriella is the Vice President of System Engineering at Comcast. A very big job. <laughs> very big job, I want to say. Um, I'd love for you to talk about your your strategy for managing stress, because the truth is, None of us can go through the day and, and not be uh, bombarded with things that, you know, kind of change the course of what our goal yeah. was that yeah. that morning. And uh, so what's your philosophy for that? What's your technique? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first of all, you do really need, need to recognize that um, you are stressed. And, uh, and sometimes stress uh, becomes obvious because you really um, – you really try to be the best at too many things at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So women this, do that uh, particularly, and women do that yeah. because we want to do. We we, you know, we put so much pressure on us for doing a good job and fulfilling all these different roles in life, and that's obviously becomes becomes very stressful. So one uh, one of the technique one because there are many, but one of the technique that I've used is, uh, uh, you know, recognize all these different, I call it the goddesses in me, right? All those different personalities and roles. I'm the mom, the wife, the daughter, the friend, uh, the vice president. (laughs) And uh, and just 
just, you know, have a very rational conversation with all those different goddesses <laughs> and then say, okay, who is going to take the lead this week or this month? Yeah. Um, and it helped me prioritizing. Right? Mm-hmm. It helped me um, recognize, no, you cannot be at your best uh, or, uh, you know, every week in, in, the, in the year in a specific, in a specific role. Um, and it also helped pacify all that need of always, uh, you know, um, try to kind of reach for, for goals and have your, your aspirations a little bit more balanced. For example, I told you when I had uh, the painful experience in my life with uh, my mom, uh, she died of cancer three years ago, the daughter needed to take the lead. Mm. There was no other, um, there was no other option for me. And uh, I, I had to share. I'm kind of, um, I'm not a poker player. I've never been, and I have to put my emotions right there on the table. And I told my team at, this, at, the, at that time, uh, going through this, uh, this painful experience, I'm not going to talk about it, but it's, you need to know that uh, this is happening to me in life, right? And the daughter has the priority right now. Mm. Mm, that's, that's so a, that's it's... A, yeah. um, and, you know, and with that, there are, you know, now I'm in a different phase in, in my life. And, yes, I can put a lot of energy on my on my job and what I do for the community, my interest for, you know, nonprofit and other organization I'm part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but especially when you are at the beginning of your journey, recognizing what gives you stress and uh, uh, putting, again, all those different personalities around the table and have a conversation is very healthy. Mm. It's not easy, but it's very healthy. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it can be as simple as saying, who 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 do I need to be yes. right now yes. in this moment? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. Yes. Really good advice. Um, I, I read that, that uh, what scares you sometimes mm. is unfulfilled potential. Mm. And when you talk about that, you mean for yourself, for your team, and for your family. And my question for you is, having that, um, the fear of unfulfilled potential, is that, does that create unnecessary stress on you? Yeah, well, it depends how you define it. Because unfulfilled potential is not only for achieving a goal, it, but it's also, you know, achieving a goal that is reachable, is feasible, and make you happy. And so if you, if you leave this personal dimension of what makes you happy, what makes you feel good about yourself aside, everything is a stress. But if, but if you consider it, then it's, uh, um, it's become part of the journey, right? That's it. That's very important. It's there are some people, for example, uh, you know, when we talk when we talk about uh, work, how people work together, it could be an organization or you know, profit, it doesn't matter. Uh, the unfulfilled potential becomes uh, people who are smart. They are all driven. They want to achieve a purpose, but because of personal reason or personalities, cannot work as a team. Right. Now, my role as a leader is to facilitate that conversation and really help them guide through the, the process of working together as a team. That's to me, is a definition of failure, for example, for, you know, for, 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 for teaming. 
uh, when you have bright people who can just not work it out because of a personal difference. They cannot put the, the purpose ahead of their own personal beliefs or the way this is how I do things and, uh, and so on. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I hope I responded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's, you know, it, I, I wanted to ask you about your philosophy for motivating your team. So yeah. I think what you're saying is that it's not, there's, the pressure isn't there. When you're talking about potential unfulfilled, it's, it's a way to help Yes. yourself, your team, and your yes. and your family, and it's something that's going to bring them yes. happiness in the end, so yes. that is not a stressor. Yes. So what's your philosophy for motivating your team, pulling out their greatest potential, their yeah. skills, their gifts? So I always try to um, respond and, and really address the why, right? Why are we working on this specific project? Why uh, there was a reorganization? Why uh, this need is so important right now? Why the business partner think that this is a priority versus this, this other? Aligning on purpose and always asking the why question mm-hmm. is incredibly important for organization because we all want to do well, mm-hmm. right? But, but it's not just a matter of, uh, um, again, doing achieving something is it's achieving something with and with the understanding of what is the value what is going to do for people for your business partner and so forth is what i call the you know technology as a business for the business mm-hmm. meaning that we technology is part of 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 the business and understanding the big picture the, having this wider lens mm-hmm. right? there was a book that i read so i'm quoting um, just a business book, but it's it, it's important. It's uh, it's and it's a great motivation. All our uh, you know powerpoints always start. The first slide is always the reason for being. Yeah, and it it helps. It helps. It helps people in the team and our business partners to frame why something is important for us and how technology is or the project is is gonna help uh, the. Um, you know, changing the situation. Right. Well, in light of that, let's, and I agree with you, why is the most important question. Yes. So why do you believe now, in, our, in this time in history, it is important for women in particular to rise up into leadership roles and, and not just in technology, across all industries? Because more and more work is not just work. Work is making the difference for you, for communities. It really takes a different, different skills to do anything in any type of any any type of work. It could be, you know, let, let's talk, let's talk about the technology. Just just because I'm in, I'm in that field, um, technology, as you said earlier, it is a little bit, or it was a little black and white. But techn- there is a, so much change today. In, uh, in, in the communities, in new technologies coming in, in how we live our digital life, that uh, understanding how everything fits together with the person is, uh, is key. Now, women have the talent. They, look, they always look at things from different perspectives, right? They look at uh, how this, if I deploy this specific technology, how this uh, user will feel, it comes more. It comes natural. And by the way, there are techniques. There are. There is this beautiful concept about design thinking, 
right? Mm-hmm. That is basically is designing program. It may not be just technology program that look at uh, what are the needs and the wants of people um, and what is the, there's going to be the value in their lives. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, because today the experiences are so proactive and so guided that uh, people don't, don't, may not know consciously what they want, but when they see something that they really like, they, well, they are going to latch on to it. Mm-hmm. Now, women have that skills. And the more we can uh, help them recognize uh, those, uh, uh, call it transferable skills, right, that, that help uh, always have a wider lens to whatever we do, I, I really think that the, um, they, they, will, they, they, will be, they will be succeeding, they will be happy with their life, their, the value to the community, right, this positive energy that we give to the world, mm-hmm. it's just going to increase exponentially. Yeah. I, I often say that women notice subtleties. Yeah, they do. Right? They that, do. That men just, they don't. I always I, say, and it's funny, the difference, um, I, may not recon- I, I may not remember names, but I will, recon- I will remember exactly the feeling in that room, right? I remember how that person felt. I remember the concept, if not the the words that the person used. Mm -hmm. And if you you send uh, uh, women and a man to a meeting, right, Believe me, they will notice different things. And the power of the two is going to be, you know, exponentially higher than what uh, each one can do by themselves. That's right. That's right. So it's... uh, um, how do you believe we can encourage more women to engage with technology? Because, as you state, technology touches every Everything. area of, of Everything. our lives. So we do. We want more mm-hmm. women in technology think, to bring those Yeah, gifts. I think we need a lot of venues because not all women get motivated by the same thing. Right? Some women really get motivated about doing uh, coding and so for them, the venue can be uh, learn how to code, or it can be robotics, uh, you know, STEM education in general. Some other people like me, for example, they got closer to, um, to technology because they saw the potential of technology in changes people's life. Uh, and that they are equally equipped to be to create a new product, to come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... And, and there probably are others that uh, that we just need to that we just need to explore. But we also need to help, especially young women, help us in identifying. Uh, you know, what would work for you? What is uh, uh, what can make the difference uh, now that maybe you know you are in college and you're thinking back about your life? What what could have been help you get closer? to technology and science uh, when you were in middle school or in in high school? They probably know. And if we ask the question correctly, they may tell us. My guess is today they they, um, bring so much more to young people, the awareness that technology is not simply about machines. Right, right. 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 When we were growing up, I think it was very, I had a very narrow-minded opinion or, you know, thought about what it was, and it really encompasses so much. Something that I love about you, the way you describe your brand, <laughs> is being a technology humanist. Yes. So so what <laughs> does that mean? Yeah, um, again, uh, you know, later in life, I discovered that I really, um, 
I'm really sit at the intersection of uh, technology, call it strategy and execution, and uh, in humans. And humans means uh, understanding the psychology of humans, the psychology organization, understand that the cultural aspect when you work with a diverse force, which is so important in uh, in uh, in today's world, um, and that, that 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 you know that point of convergence is um, uh, is not easy to find, right? And there are a lot of because because if you are too much on a people leader in quote, you may be perceived as uh, well you are weak. Um, if you are too much on the technology side, you may be perceived as using a good judgment but also authority too much. Mm. So balancing the two is really, really powerful. And by the way, balancing the two, it means that sometimes in my job I have to use command and control because maybe we are in crisis situation and uh, unfortunately this is the way we're going to resolve this crisis, mm. right? But if I use the command and control all the time, I, never, I rarely, rarely do, and I, consider, I don't consider it a success, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, you... you, you the, the point is that you have to be really balanced about the people awareness and uh, the you know technology strategy and execution. Mm. And that point it took me a long time to get to, to get to it. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. Yes, right? and every yes, every error is. is a lesson. Let's talk about your current role as uh, vice president of system engineering yeah. and what you're focused on right now. What yeah. is an objective that you are um, working on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a responsibility for the. Uh, enterprise solution, um, which is, uh, um, I look at the internal services for, I call it people and organization in uh, in Comcast. So I have the ERP, which is uh, the, this, all the system to um, enable employment, so the HR system, onboarding, and so on, the financial system, supply chain, uh, the IT, so the internal, all the different equipment uh, that today people and employees need to do their work because they are obviously connected all the time, right? right. We want a mobile, agile workforce. Um, and uh, um, it's, it's a fairly new organization. We, we put it together in uh, last, end of last year as, as a way to connect the, the services for the enterprise and really give them an identity, it kind of reinvented the workplace, the workplace, as well as the services for for the employees of Comcast. Do you? I sometimes feel overwhelmed with the speed with which technology is yeah. changing. Yeah. Right. So I'll master something, and then you know the following week something new and better is out. You're in that world, mm-hmm. right? So. My guess is you don't experience that. You're, you're watching it happen, but how does it affect you? Oh, it's not you? true. It's not true. I do experience it, and I see the difference, and I see the uh, the passion that people develop for technologies that are 95% overlapping in some cases. But, again, they found that little functionality that makes them very productive, right? And so the the... You know the work of technology for enterprises today is uh, is uh, um, is not easy. You have to balance uh, what people need to be you know 
to really fulfill their potential, and you know, to use something that we used earlier, as well as uh, to be creative and to do their job. But also, obviously, uh, you want to avoid this proliferation of, of, of tools and, and systems with too much overlapping capabilities. Mm-hmm. Complicating I, things. Yes, complicating yes, things yes. and making uh, make it heavier. But ev- any company and any person in the world is going through that is... Uh, um, you know, is, is going is going through that journey. Mm-hmm. Technology from TVs to anything you have in your house is changing, really is changing exponentially. It, it and is, we yeah. gotta we gotta find a way to stay stay at pace, at, you know, at, up to a certain point, um, and, and embrace it in a way that is uh, proper. So we, we're talking, for example, about e-leadership. Right? The, what is leadership in the digital age? Um, very, very different subject, but very complicated and uh, wonderful and, and interesting. Um, but think about the power of social networks in our life and how social networks are slowly triggering, in, uh, you know, getting into the the um, enterprises because people love to work with other people who have a similar interest or they work on the same project. Mm-hmm. So it's a fascinating, again, another, you know, Another reason why I'm lucky. Uh, in the past 20 years, I've seen uh, so much change uh, in uh, what I work on in technology, from the power of the internet to uh, the social network uh, to the streaming and everything becoming almost real time, which is really, really a fascinating. Um, it's fascinating for, for you know for me. It is that's you know everything being real time. I think is one of the biggest changes that that I've seen as an adult. Yeah, uh, is that we just know and see every day, all day long, what's happening all yes. around the world. Yes, it's amazing, and it has you know it's it's um, pros and cons. It can be overwhelming uh, to have that much knowledge, um, but I think at the same time that ability to engage. Yeah, and it's making us aware. Yes. It's opening our eyes to what's happening in different cultures. This is why, for example, you know, we, we touch on diversity. This is why it's so important for, for all of us to really understand what's going on in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, um, something I would love for you to talk about is, is bringing who you are and your values to a leadership role and why that's important. You have something that you talk about, the four C's, Yes, as a leader. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, yeah, tell us you about know, I'm that. an engineer at base, so I have to categorize uh, and come up with weird formulas for formulas whatever for everything. For everything. <laughs> and so when I thought about, hmm, you know, when I was reflecting um, about what makes you happy at work, right? And I started to think about, well, certainly I got to use my competence, and I love technology, so that's that's cool. But then what else? It's, uh, well, you know, I need to use my creativity. And the creativity implies autonomy, meaning that, uh, that uh, I need to feel safe to be creative in a work environment. I also have to use uh, my character, so my beliefs and the values that I developed through my journey in life, right? And also community, and I'm very lucky that uh, um, Comcast really is uh, supporting the outreach in the in communities and, and making a difference and you know reaching out to university and talking with uh, with uh, young uh, 
um, students. So community is uh, um, it's important for me. It's important to give back, and uh, and it's important the people that I work with is important. So and then I put those four C's. I call them together, but I I thought should it be a plus C plus C? But not really, because then. Even if one of those four C is zero, I would still be happy, and that's not the case. So I decided that those four C needs to be the product, right? It needs <laughs> to be a product of all the different Cs so that if one goes down to zero, happiness goes to zero. <laughs> that's that's the, the got to be the engineering background in me. Right. <laughs> Well, it's a good. It's just something good to have as a reminder. Yeah, right? yeah. and I think that well, everybody has their own personal equation for happiness. They do. Right? They do. Well, well, tell me what you what do you least enjoy about your job? There's always something we have to do every day that mm, we yes. wish we didn't. Yes. Oh, there there is plenty, but um, uh, it's know. usually what we're least good at. <laughs> yes, I'm not. So one one thing I'm, I don't I don't enjoy, but I declare that I don't enjoy it, and so I, I ask my team to help me. Are details? Oh, I'm okay. not a detail oriented person. I'm more the big picture. I have to start from the why and uh, you know the alignment of the stars before you know. <laughs> and work so, your way back. Yes, yeah. work my way up. But yeah. but obviously, it's part of my job requires a lot of. Uh, um, you know, uh, I have to be. I have to be detailed. I have to look at tons of KPIs and metrics. Uh, I have to look at budget. I have to look at uh, different elements that, at the end of the day, make the organization healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so that piece, uh, do I enjoy it? Not really. But again, I get motivated through the whys. So mm-hmm. I know that the why is uh, is important. And this is sometimes is as painful as getting on your scale once a day, right? <laughs> we don't okay, do that we don't want to do that. Right. But it, it helps you get get that KPI about about uh, your weight or whatever. Yeah. That um, that may be important. May be important for you. Yeah. Uh, we just have a, f- a few minutes left. Tell me what um, – I know that you're involved in uh, many other things outside of Comcast. Yes. And is there one organization uh, that you work with that you would like to talk about and why yes. it's important to you? Yes. Uh, so one organization important to me, I'm, I'm part of uh, um, Citizen Diplomacy International, which is a nonprofit in uh, – in Philadelphia, then I'm gonna and I'm gonna describe what they do. But I wanted to also highlight how I got in I, I got involved with that nonprofit. Uh, again, uh, you recognize your value. You recognize that uh, global is is uh, is is Im- important for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got involved in an organization that basically connects uh, the international. Uh, communities uh, to Philadelphia and vice versa. Okay. So to me, it's a way of, uh, uh, you know, really, really create that, that that relationship, one smile at a time and one handshake at a time. Okay. I love that. We'll, we'll follow up on that and, sure. and share that information. That's all the time we have today. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another week of Women to Watch, and I thank Gabriella. Avaka, so much for being here. Thank you. It was wonderful. And uh, everybody, be sure to visit our website at womentowatch.net for all things related to the show. And have a great week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.